Why don't you just stand and give Kevin such a warm welcome? Have a seat. <coughs> Thank you. Do you like that? Hey, it's a good, good start, eh? <coughs> you know, I, every Sunday morning I get up and I cook bacon and eggs for my mother-in-law. And um, none of you are invited. <laughs> as much as I love you all. You can't come. Because it's a time where my mother-in-law, and who lives with us, um, where we just get to sit there. We don't say very much. And, but, you know, I cook her this meal, and I go, look at that, Nana. Isn't that amazing? And she goes, it's phenomenal, you know. And I'm becoming an expert at cooking eggs, right? And, um, you know, and I do poached eggs, and I really fluff around with them a lot. And I've got the recipe uh, down to a fine art, you know, and um, so we have a good chat and so on. But every morning uh, during the week, I eat by myself for breakfast. I must have breakfast. I can't wait until um, 10 o'clock or 12 o'clock before I um, eat, so I have to have breakfast. So I'm up at about 5.30, and um, that's when most of the rest of you are in prayer. <laughs> and... Um, well, I'm, I'm eating, and I read while I'm, while I'm having breakfast. I make a cup of tea, uh, a cup of coffee, and a barocca, and four wheat bix, and I sit there, and I open a book. And I've, I've probably already read about three books this year, and we're only four months in, or whatever it is, but, and I'll just read maybe a chapter, and some of them are challenging books, and some of them are nice, easy reads. I'm currently reading a philosophy book at the moment, which I'm really enjoying. There are words in there that I just have got no idea what they actually mean or how to actually say it. But, you know, I always think that if I don't kind of challenge myself and push myself along a little bit, then how can I, you know, like advance and learn other new things or how people think or how to do things? And uh, now that I'm getting older, I find that my eyesight isn't as crash hot as it used to be. And, uh, but I am not as old as Andrew, and Andrew's not here today, so I can just talk all about him, you know. <laughs> so Andrew's normally down here or over there, or he's up there playing that something. But Andrew turned 59 yesterday, and he is exactly um, 58 days older than me. And um, in, in a few, uh, in six weeks or something, then I'm turning 59. And um, it's getting more and more difficult for me to read and so um, I think that if you make it past 45 and you don't have reading glasses, then you're doing all right. <laughs> oh, so I see that hand there. She must be past, oh, maybe. Um, I remember trying to hold um, building plans on, the, uh, plans on the building site and having to hold them out at arm's length. Has any of you, you know, had that, you know, daft experience or just, man, I can't read it. And then so I just got an apprentice and I said, you hold it and I'll stand back here, you know. <laughs> and so I can actually stand further and further away so I can read the numbers and so on. So yeah, eyesight and seeing and reading is something that, you know, I've often had difficulty. Now I've got the grand uh, privilege of having uh, multifocal, so they don't have those, they're not like those old, I used to make glasses when I was considerably younger, 
and they had a little line through the middle, you know, and you looked out there, and that was one thing. You looked down there, and you got that other little thing. Now I've got these ones that are just all, this, that, that are all, there's no little line there, but when I look up here like that, you're all blurry, you know. And then when I look down here, you all look stunning. <laughs> and up here, and you're blurry. So if you see me do this every now and then, you'll know, yeah, he's lost it, you know. He doesn't want to see me anymore. Uh, but yeah, so I've got these um, great multifocals, you know, that do great things. Why don't you just join me in prayer? Father, I want to thank you for this day when, uh, uh, you know, and I just really pray that the Lord would come upon every person that is here and that their ears would be opened and their eyes may see amazing things today. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, I'm starting to lose it already. I haven't even started. Oh, hang on. Um, so yeah, I've um, I've been thinking a little bit about um, I've been having difficulty reading my small copy of the scriptures. You know, I had used to have one of these tiny little Bibles that was about that fat, and it was awesome, you know. And then um, as my eyesight's deteriorated, I've ended up having to buy one of these, which is a giant print, you know. And I go, this is really cool. And um, I purchased it in 2008. I write in the front of all my books when I purchased them. And it makes it easier for me to read. And so two things I noticed about my new Bible is that first that it has a center reference column. So it's got a column down this side, you know, over here. And then it's got a column over there. And in the middle, it's got this little column in the middle. And in that, it's got these all the little, just a heap of different things in there. And you can read, you know, read along one verse, I am the way, the truth, the life, and... Then just beside the way, it has a little C or something. And then down in that little column, you look for the little C and it attach to another little scripture about what the way is or what the truth is. And it has this great thing. And the other thing that it has in it is that all the words of Jesus are read. Right? So, and that is the title of my um, series to... Oh, the, there. So hang on. There. Is that it? So, um, which is the title of my series for the next five weeks. Now, uh, make uh, all assurances that you can relax, that I won't be doing all five in a row. Yay. I get a week off in there. And uh, when somebody else is coming to speak. But, um, yeah, so today is my first one. And um, that all the words of Jesus that Jesus spoke are in red. So this morning I wish to look at the words that Jesus spoke. And why they changed the way people lived then and why they still change the way we live now. And, you know, these words that he spoke are what our lives are to be patterned after. That he says some amazing things in here. And you get the opportunity, or we get the opportunity of reading about them in our Bibles when we have our time that we read and or when you get to be part of a congregation or part of a small group where somebody will share, this is what Jesus spoke to me today, or this is what he says in the Bible, you know? So they are why they, the, the words that Jesus spoke changed the way people lived then and they still change the way we live now. So the New Testament is a section of the Bible about two-thirds of the way through. It is where Jesus makes his entry into the world. 
there are four similar accounts of Jesus' life called the Gospels. And they're called the Gospels according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And this is where we read the bulk of Jesus' words. And um, so when I kind of had this kind of idea that I'm going to start this um, series called Red, I was thinking, well, I better read all the Gospels and a little bit of Acts to write down all the words that Jesus spoke, you know. And so I just I started at Matthew, finished at John, did a, one chapter in, in Acts. And everywhere where I saw the words that were written in red, I thought, there's a cool one. And I wrote that down. And I wrote that one down. So I had these little bits of paper, um, you know, just an A4 paper, and I made it into four columns. And I just wrote all the Matthew ones down. Then I changed another paper, another paper, and I had nine pieces of paper with Matthew written on it. And then I went back to the start and had Luke's column and then Mark's column and then John's column, you know. So I had all these columns with just a gazillion verses down there. And I wrote it in red pen, so it makes it even more important. And so now on my bedroom wall, I've got nine pages stuck on the wall with blue tack with all the words that Jesus wrote, you know. And, um, and so I thought, I'll have all these and I'll write them all down. And... Um, you know, I think there's something about writing things down. I don't quite know what it is. I think something happens when you write things down. When you study for yourself and you write for yourself and you actually write those things down and you just kind of, you know, and you've got bits of paper all over the place, you know. I don't quite know what happens there or what meaning that is because with the advent of the internet and everything else, last night I was having a little play around and I found someone on the internet had already done what I'd already done. What I'd already had done. And they'd already done it. And they just, but it was 50 pages for Matthew. I was thinking, I'm going to print that, hit the print button, and then it comes up 50 pages. And I was going, I'm not printing 50 pages. You know? <laughs> but here's the thing for me part of the way of life is to discover, and to discover that for yourself and by yourself. You know, and yes, it takes time, it takes a long time. I, I wrote and I wrote, and every time I wrote and fill up another piece of paper, I'd stick it back on the wall and keep making another one stick on the wall, another one stick on the wall, another one stick on the wall, you know. But I found even great joy, even though it's long, it's in the finding that things kind of appeared, do you know? In the discovery, in the working out, in the time. Yes, it takes a lot of time. And I think that is something in there. So uh, I've got two rabbit holes I want to climb in today. And I'm going to try and get out of them at the same time. And I've actually entitled them rabbit hole number one. You know, the first time Jesus uh, speaks in Matthew and Mark, he talks about fulfilling all righteousness. And a thing called, a little phrase in there, which is, the time is fulfilled. I think here that he is announcing to all who hear that old, that the old time has gone. And from here on, it's a new time, a new way of living, a new time of working, a new way of family, a new way of creating, a new way of discovering who he is, of who I am. And I think it's a whole new ball game, and he's now here running it all. I think that the end of the Old Testament, there were some challenges and some problems. And when Jesus turns up, he goes, you know what? From here on in, 
It's a new day. It's a new time. That is gone and past. And from here on, it is a new day, a new time. My family, every now and then, when it gets around to Christmas time, they say to me, so what's your new job going to be next year? Because <laughs> in the last maybe six years, I've had six jobs. And, and every Christmas, you know, every November, I kind of, you know, spit the dummy and, you know, tell the boss he's a nut, you know, and... And just get another job, you know, because I'm pretty skilled. I've got a few things up my sleeve and, and I just get a new job. But when you get a new job, a whole bunch of things happening because I've had the last 11 and a half months working for the same guy and I don't really like what he kind of put up, you know, and I didn't really enjoy it anymore and I wanted to do another thing and, and so on. So I kind of went, yeah, I'm going to do something else. And so when you get a new job, you get a new boss, and he has new and different ways to achieve his purpose. Uh, he's normally been appointed by someone further up the pay scale, or maybe he is the pay scale. Maybe he's the guy that is writing the checks, you know. And so for me, every time I change jobs, and I can stand here, well, I'm touching wood, you know. Is it, are you allowed to do that? Touch wood? No, you're not allowed to do that, is it? Oh, okay. Is... Um, you know, I'm in April and I've had the same job for one year and four months, you know. And so I don't think, and, 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 every, and at Christmas time they said to me, you are coming back here next year, okay? January the 4th, you're back here working, all right? And well, I was there. So they were very pleased. Um, but, you know, am I going to get on board with the new guy? Am I going to, because the new guy stands up there and says, you know, the new boss says, Right, this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to achieve it and you're going to help me achieve that. And we're going, and I go, all right then. So am I going to get on board as a new employee or am I going to dig my heels in, you know? And when you get a new boss, it all changes, you know, and if you have a new employer or you get a new boss for where you're working and you're going, man, is this going to, am I going to buy into this? Am I going to be with this guy? Am I going to help this man or help this firm along or am I going to dig my feet in, you know? So am I going to get on board or am I going to dig my heels in? Because when Jesus came, entrenchment in the law was everything. There were thousands and thousands of rules and regulations. You know, you must do this. You must do that. And every seven days, this must happen, must happen, must happen. And if you didn't do that, then you got in trouble, a lot of trouble. And the moral police or the whoever police would turn up, you can't do that. That's breaking the law. That's breaking the law. Over and over, thousands and thousands of rules and regulations. And I like when Jesus says here at the start of his Gospels, he came to fulfill all, you know. He came to fulfill all. All those regulations and rules, all of that was fulfilled, which I reckon is kind of like it, it comes up to a point and it's like it stops there. All of that, when he turns up, all that there has now been finished and done with. And from here on, new boss is here. This is how we're going to do things. 
his audience had some problems. He was a new guy. Are we going to get on board? Because everything's going to change. Um, in Luke and John, this is my second rabbit hole. I think I got out of that one all right, actually. In Luke and John, you know, the first two times where Jesus speaks in there, he's, he says, why do you seek me or what do you seek? And I find this incredibly intriguing that in two of the Gospels, it is about fulfillment, about from there back is is gone and from here on is, is new. And then in the other two Gospels, it is, who do you seek and what do you seek? And I was going, this is like great. Because he says, it's gone, by the way, I'm here. Do you seek me, you know? Why do you seek me and what do you seek? <clears throat> I, um, I've got some real neat verses which I really like in all the Gospels of what he says. And um, so the first one is, I push that button, you know, and that is still there. And Oh, there it is. Did you push it? Oh, you're amazing. Man shall not live, isn't there? I want you to listen to these really good because these are great. These are the words straight out of his mouth, you know. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I just go, this is stunning, you know. Every one of these is stunning. I hope after I've read them all, you'll say, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool because they are real, real cool. I am willing, be cleansed. You know, he's just healed somebody. Somebody's come to him and said, you know, um, if you're willing, Lord, will you heal me? And he says, I'm willing. And then he just says, be cleansed. Follow me when he's calling his first disciples, you know. He comes alongside these bunch of ragtag, smelly old fishermen who are busy trying to get fish hooks out of their feet and, you know, complaining or why is this like, all of these things, and just goes, mate, just, just follow me. Between you and me, we're going to change the world, you know? Between you and me, we're going to change the world. <clears throat> People were asking who Jesus was, you know, and, and Jesus said, who, who, do, who do they say I am? And, Oh, some say you're this person, some say you're that person. But then he specifically asked one of the disciples, it must be Peter, I will say. And he says, who do you say I am? All right? And I, you know, man, can you even slightly imagine being confronted by the guy who says, we're going to change the world together. And then he says to you directly, who do you say I am? And then Peter responds, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, you know? But Jesus is always drawing out. He always draws out, draws out. He's always drawing you out. Who do you seek? You know, who do you say I am? He asks a gazillion questions. I think they're great. 
if we as people that are living today even had a slight grasp sometimes of what he actually asks us and what is our response going to be, well, who do you say I am? And you go, you are my everything. You are my all. You are my peace. You are my joy. You are my kindness. Do you know? Hey, God is, see? So, you know, the past few Sundays, I've stood up here and just down here when we've been starting the service. It isn't God great, you know, isn't he good? Isn't he? He's always good, he's good all the time and he's good all the time and isn't he good? God is good and God is good and he's God is good and God is good. And as much as I like doing that, sometimes I go, where, where, where did I get that from? Where in the Bible does it say? Well, as I'm trolling through the Gospels here, I find it here in chapter 19, verse 17, that God is good. Jesus says that God is good. And I'm going, great, you know, because he is good. He's always good. He's always good to his people, you know. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. These are, say, six of a whole bunch of scriptures just from Matthew that Jesus actually spoke himself. They are in red and they are in our Bibles and they are there waiting for us to just go, man, that is amazing. He says, love me. Love God with all your heart, all your mind, and with all your soul. <clears throat> um, some from Mark, I am willing, do you know? Do you know the Lord is always willing to be with us? He's always willing to heal us. That's always his intention is that his will is for us. This is a great one. Your sins are forgiven. Do you know, this is where the big, this is a biggie. This is a biggie because he, he's, he's in a community or he's currently saying these things in a culture that sins, if you forgive sins or say that you're going to forgive sins, you are saying that you are God. That's what you are saying. And because of the gazillion rules and regulations, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't, you know? You can see where the Bible over and over again says, and they hunted him down because he blasphemed, you know? He was saying that you are, that I am God because only God gets to forgive sins. And I think even in Mark, maybe in this area here, right at the start of the gospel, he is starting to stand out there, starting to stand right out there and say, let me try and say this without actually saying it, that everything's going to change because I am going to forgive sins. All right? So remember, you know, when they had the, um, the tent of meeting and they have the outer courts and the inner courts and... It's made up of gold things and special poles in the tabernacle and 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 so on. And that they would go in once a year and that 
they would slaughter a something, lamb or, a, you know, various amounts of animals. It must have just been a bloodbath butcher shop, you know. And where the sins of the people were covered, you know, there was a sin, they were covered. All those sins were covered for that year. And then they go out and misbehave and do dumb things. And, you know, then another year rolls around. They go, oh, God, we won't do it again. And Well, then come and I'll cover your sins. And, and their sins are covered and their sins are covered and their sins are covered. And, you know, I love it in the New Testament when Jesus comes out of the waters of baptism and a voice from heaven comes and says to him, this is my beloved son. Who what? Taketh away the sins of the world. No longer are your sins covered. They are taken away. Do you know? Your sins are now forgiven. I say to you, arise. You know, that's what I reckon he says to us over and over again. And this, I love this one. Do not be afraid. You know, when he appears to people, and he appeared to a bunch of people later on, and uh, this is a hole I'll gladly climb down, but he says when he appears to them, they are frightened when they see him or the angels, they see him. And he always says to them, do not be afraid, or the old one, fear not, you know. Do not be afraid. All things are possible. Maybe the, one of the great ones from Mark, go into all the world. These are things that he says to us to do, to grasp hold of, that we can live and the way we live, our lives are changed just by hearing the words that Jesus has spoken um, why do you seek me? There's a cool one. You know, that's one I talked about before and back on the whole again, you know, that why do you seek me? You know, there is a question that, that he asks and he asks of some specific people, why do you seek me? <clears throat> Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is when he's in the temple, you know. <clears throat> do not weep. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. You know, some people, we are, sometimes we are often lost. We're broken. We're wounded. We're sore. We have problems. <clears throat> but our faith can save us. And he says to us to go in peace. And you know how much he knows us? He knows us this much so. But the very hairs of your head are numbered. The very hairs of our head. I think in this same passage, he talks about the sparrow. You know, his eye is on the sparrow. Or don't sparrows have to worry about where they nest? Or I think that's it. Maybe the eye on the sparrows in Psalms somewhere. But the very hairs of our head are numbered. I got a haircut last night because I have a living barber. Yay, for another two months, and then I'm going to be a sad, hairy dad. <laughs> when she cuts my hair, 
there's not much on the floor. That's, I can tell you that. I sweep up and go, is that it? And she goes, yep, but it looks way better, you know. But the very hairs of my head are numbered by Jesus, you know. He knows everyone, right? Again, he's drawing us out. What do you want me to do? He asks that question of the person that he's with. And a real goodie, which I think he says over and over and over again, peace to you. <clears throat> I quite like the scriptures because they have the words of eternal life. Um, I think this is Peter again who says that you have the words of eternal life. Some from John, I am the bread of life. Um, and his mate, which is right next door, I am the living bread. No? John's a fabulous gospel. I really, really like John. If you are considering doing a study on a book of the Bible, do that one. That is like next level. The others are, oh, i got a bug on my, get off. Because John is, I believe, I'm going to put this right out there, I believe John is the last book ever to be written that's included in the Scriptures. The reason why I believe it's the last book that's ever written that is included in the Scriptures is because he starts at the beginning. I believe that John wrote the Gospel after Revelation, after he'd been revealed to him who Jesus actually was. Because Revelation, the book of Revelation, is about the revealing of Jesus, right? It's revealing Jesus. He gets these visions. I saw this, I saw that, floods, you know, sparkly jewels and, and things like that, you see. And I reckon that his cohorts or his elders or his followers, the, some of John's disciples got around and said to him, mate, he said, look, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they've all written about Jesus' life. Why don't you write it like you actually know it, as you've now seen, because he'd seen some things in the visions, right? And I reckon he went, yeah, all right, I will. And so where does he start? He starts, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and he dwelt amongst us for a while, you know? Genesis starts with, in the beginning, God said, you know, in the beginning, in the beginning. I don't think you could say, I don't think John could actually say in the beginning when he didn't actually know what the end was, that it, all these things had been revealed about who Jesus was. That's my own thought. It's up for grabs, but I think it's worth a good think. I am the light of the world. See, in Jesus, in John, Jesus is now stepping right out from behind the covers and saying, this is actually who I am. Because to actually say, I am, was again a bad thing. right? Because when you say, I am, you're saying, I am God. And this John writes here that Jesus is the, that Jesus is God, that Jesus is the son of God. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. 
I and the Father are one. I am the resurrection and the life. The resurrection, you know, a few weeks ago we saw four people go in there, which was fantastic. I loved it. Right? These two fabulous people there, that man down there, and Evelyn is out there, would be right? Do you know? Going in the, oh, that way, is she? In the waters, you know, when they come out, that is resurrected life. That is a new person. That is a start again. Hey, right? That's a start again. Me, old, down, swim, come out. Come out, get Kevin soaking wet. Come out. It's all about you, though, you know. It's new life, come out, hey? New life, come out. New life. New life It's a resurrected life. New life. New. Start again. Fresh. Number one. Right from the start. New life. It's a great thing. A great, great, great thing. So privileged, you know. <clears throat> When Lazarus died, there were some problems, you know. And uh, because Jesus didn't get there on time, that's kind of the nutshell. Because his sisters said, came and saw him and he was somewhere else. And they said, oh, my Lazarus, he's sick and he needs you. And yeah, I'm a bit busy. Get well, get well, get well. Over here. On the message on the way, he she, he's died, and um, and Lazarus and Jesus comes to the place where Lazarus has been buried. He's already in the tomb, wrapped up, stone across. You know the story, eh? <clears throat> and he says this amazing thing: "Father, I thank you that you have heard me." Do you know that? Every time I pray for healing for somebody, I pray this exact same prayer every single time. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Because I know that he hears every single one of my prayers, every single one of your prayers that you pray, whatever your need, whatever situation you're in, whatever turmoil or problem or whatever it is that you're going through, whatever joy, whatever thing you want to celebrate, he hears every single one of those prayers. All right? Every single one he hears. Because he even says, and thanks the Father, he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And then he said, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus comes out, dressed up in all these things. And and Jesus says to people, then untie him and let him be free. Do you know? Sometimes when we're old and we're dead and Jesus calls us from afar, we're wrapped up in all sorts of junk that we've gathered for the last X amount of years, you know? And Jesus says to us, unwrap him, let him go, 
unwrap him, let him go, you know? But he hears every one of our prayers. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. You know, probably the most famous of the I am's. But again, straight from his mouth, he is the way. I like watching The Mandalorian. Has anybody else watched The Mandalorian? Good, a few of you. I'm watching season three at the moment. I've got another season to watch with my daughter before she leaves me. <laughs> uh, oh. But we're watching The Mandalorian at the moment. It's part of the Star Wars thing. And those of you that are Mandalorian fans, you'll know all about it and you'll just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, because it's the Mandalorian way, isn't it? You know, it's the way. There's this little refrain that goes through the whole series. This is the way. This is the way. The way of the Mandalore is this way. And he goes to great lengths to say what the way is, you know. But his little refrain over and over again, old Mando, is this is the way. This is the way. And Jesus said, I am the way. You know, he's not a Mandalore. He's even a gazillion times better than that. Because he's the way, he's also the truth, and he's also the life, that all life originates in Jesus, you know, that he is the way, the truth, the life. I am the true vine, and uh, his mate, I am the vine. Do you know, a lot of these I am's are all deeply rooted in the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, the vine was Israel. Very clear in the scriptures that Israel was the vine. You stay in the vine, you know, you stay here, you're part of the vine, you're hooked into that. Again, Jesus comes and he stands right out in front of everybody and says, you know, he's really saying, you know what you've heard a long time before? Let me just let me just speed that right up. What you heard then is all different from now, because I am the I am the vine. Then you were the vine, but now I am the vine. And he says it so well and so clearly there. I am the vine, and you should abide in me and stay in me and be connected and branches and all the things that to do with vines. Do you know? Peace to you. Do you know? Isn't it great that he can continually say to us, over and over again, peace to you. May the peace of God come upon you. Do you know? Sometimes we're in a lot of turmoil and, you know, kind of struggles with family or your neighbour or people that come to your small group or, you know. <laughs> I've got three of them there and three of them there. and They're all lovely. I love them all. But, you know, sometimes we have things in our life that really pose challenges to us. And we can feel, you know, kind of disjointed or separated or just in turmoil, you know. But he would say to us over and over again, peace to you. 
you know, I, I think there's some other little scripture, and it's probably in, in um, one of the epistles, that he is my peace who has broken down every wall. Do you know? And that's what he does. Do you know, I... Um, When you're in the kingdom, you march to a different drumbeat. The world has its way of doing things to us and around us that we want to rebel at and jump up and down and I'm going to say my thing and we hold our arm like this, you know. But that isn't the way. The way of the kingdom runs alongside the way of the world. The way of the world is conflict and war and marches and protests and rights and greed and more and more and more. That is the way of the world. But the way of the kingdom is peace and love and joy and suffering Right? That is the way of the kingdom. Rather than marching and protesting, it is standing firm on who you actually belong to. It is not about rights, but it is about giving up. It is not about greed, but the way of the kingdom is giving away. And that is the way and the truth and the life. Why don't you stand with me? Um, I have a couple of words and knowledge here which my lovely wife gave me but she ran out the door to go to work this morning. So why don't you stand with me in a place of prayer and I'll just bring those couple of words and if that's somebody and you want some prayer then do um, come and get some um, prayer today. Father, we want to thank you that you have said some amazing things that completely alter the way we live our lives. You have made statements and, you know, we read them in verses and we read them in red so they stand out in front of us. And we read those and go, that's amazing and that is amazing and that is amazing and My goodness, that is amazing, and I cannot be even more amazed that you keep saying these things to me. And so, Father, we come in today and um, we come together as a community of people, and we, um, we thank you for who you said you are and what you have done for our lives. And I pray, Father, for every person here that they would again have a revelation of who you are, what you have done for them, what you have said over their lives and how their lives will never be the same because of the things you have said then and the things that you are saying now. 